Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode of Overpowering Emotions, where I talk all things big emotions, emotion regulation, anxiety management. I have kept talking about all of the skills that our kiddos need to work on. There are so many. Um, Today, I'm going to be jumping into a topic that's really crucial for all of us, all us adults, um, for ourselves, for if we're working with kids, if we're professionals, if we're parenting kids or teens, um, you know, really all of the topics I feel that I talk about are really important. And, uh, you know, I just think there's so many different skills that are important for all of us. But today, specifically, I'm talking about critical thinking. That's an essential skill that empowers anyone young minds, that was what we're talking about today, to analyze information, to think independently, to make informed decisions, which is really a lot of things that a a lot of parents actually feel quite frustrated about because their kiddos are having a tough time making decisions, even simple decisions, or thinking through for themselves. Before we dive into the strategies, though, I just want to discuss a little bit about why critical thinking is so crucial. I think, you know, intuitively, we're like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense that it's important, but I just want to break it down a little bit. So when we're looking at critical thinking, it's really that ability to to um, objectively analyze and evaluate whatever information's in front of us so that we can form sound judgments. Today's world, I mean, it is so fast paced. We are in such huge information overload. It's information obesity, right? Our kiddos need to be equipped with the skills to be able to navigate through all of those pieces of information. There's an overabundance of data and they have to distinguish between fact and opinion. They have to be able to make decisions that align with their values and beliefs and maybe with reality as well, because we know that there's a lot of garbage out there. And with social media, there's things that are perpetuated, which is why we have so many conspiracy theories and some pretty bonker things happening in the world oftentimes. And it's usually because people just see this thing, oh my gosh, and they jump on it. I'm not going to call out anybody or say anything that's happening in the world or specific countries, but I'm sure you can think about something. Uh, and, and and they just grasp on. I mean, a good example of that was when um, Jenny McCarthy just said, tweeted, I don't even know where it was that, you know, vaccinations caused autism. You know, that one little thing went viral and you know, look at where we at, we're, we're still, (laughs) there's still a debate about it, even though we know that it's been shown that's not to be true. Anyways, we need to be able to think critically about these things and not just be sucked into the tweet of the day. I don't think they're called tweets anymore. Anyways, critical thinking goes way beyond rote memorization. It goes way beyond just regurgitating facts. I see this in math all the time. That's a great example where we're drilling into our kids the times tables so that they just know, right? Seven times eight, it's 56. They just know it. It's so automatic. But they're not thinking underlying. What does that actually mean, right? And so it's the same thing with critical thinking. It's not that I'm just memorizing and regurgitating things. I'm thinking critically about it. So critical thinking, it's encouraging kiddos to question what they see, to explore, to get curious. They're engaging in the information in the world around them. So we're nurturing that curiosity. We're we're nurturing an eagerness to seek knowledge, to learn more, to find out more. These are all vital traits for lifelong learners, which is what essentially we want our kiddos to have. And that curiosity is so important when we're looking at emotion regulation and anxiety management. So we can see then that critical thinking it really serves as a foundation of 
academic excellence, if we're going to look at academics, because kiddos are going beyond surface level understanding and they're engaging with the subject matter at a much deeper level, right? And so we're looking at the academic piece, but then just lifelong as well, that lifelong resilience. When kids learn to think critically, they're, they're able to evaluate the reliability of sources. So if they see something pop up on social media, they can actually look at the reliability and validity of this, right? Are the arguments sound? Are they valid? They can come to their own conclusions that are evidence-based, okay? Those skills, yes, are really important for research-based assignments in schools and, you know, in projects and things like that, where they're analyzing data and drawing logical conclusions that can really set them apart from other students. But it's also really important when it comes to managing worries, to figuring out what is really dangerous. Even when we're looking at our own thoughts, is that real? Is it valid? How reliable is this source, right? Mr. Gremlin in my mind who likes to create all of these stories. Yes, I should totally fight or run away right now. Or mm, is that a thinking trap that's trying to suck me into the worry to freak out when really I don't need to, right? So the critical thinking skills, yes, academically, socially, but right now, because I'm all about emotion regulation, it's really needed to manage emotions, okay? Um, so I'm, I'm focusing on the critical thinking skills in general for today. Next time I will go specifically into those critical thinking skills to manage emotions. But I think when we start broad in general, it can be a lot easier than we can start applying once we realize, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, it's easier for us to talk about why watermelons grow on the ground and not on trees than in that moment of anxiety and what's actually going on in that moment, right? So that's why I like to separate the two. We teach them broadly and then we go to more emotionally charged situations. So one of the key aspects of critical thinking is problem solving. Okay, and problem solving I've talked tons about in previous episodes. When kiddos encounter a challenge or a complex task or a math sheet or whatever it is, they can approach that situation with a very systematic analytical mindset. They're curious, right? These critical thinkers, they can break down problems into manageable components. Okay. When I've got these little pieces, now I can start to look at potential solutions. I can evaluate the most effective course of action. And as a result, they become more efficient at being able to tackle different academic tasks, social situations, right? They're better equipped to navigate academic obstacles, social obstacles, life obstacles. These are the types of things that they want to do. Looking at the school piece still, you know, as they progress in school, as they get into the higher grades, when we look at writing demands, they increase, obviously, more expectations, Writing is way more than simply summarizing information. They need to be able to think critically, right? And so that critical thinking, they can develop strong analytical reflective writing skills. They can evaluate those arguments, look at the pros and cons, the different perspectives and analyze those different perspectives. They can present their own well-reasoned arguments, right? That's really important. Again, also in life can be very valuable in different social conflicts, for examples. 
Teachers will often look for evidence of critical thinking in a kiddo's writing because it really demonstrates a deeper understanding of the subject matter. So that's where we can really start to help them hone those skills because don't we all want our kids to be successful at school? So when they can hone in on those critical thinking skills, we know that they are, are great writers, but they're usually more active participants in the classroom discussions as well. They ask really thoughtful questions. They engage in discussions. They're challenging peers' ideas in a respectful way, maybe even the teacher's ideas in a respectful way. When we're engaged in our learning, we are going to be learning. This active involvement is really enriching that learning experience for themselves and for their classmates and for the teacher. It's a great experience for all of them, okay? Now, as, as they're more actively engaged, they have a deeper understanding, that critical thinking is also fostering their confidence and their independence in whatever pursuits it is that they're going to be you know, pursuing, whether it's academic or whatnot. So they're learning to think critically, they're learning to make more informed decisions, they're becoming more self-assured in their abilities. And remember, I've talked about anxiety being the belief that I can't handle it, whatever it is, finishing this test, finishing this math homework, talking in front of other people, going up and introducing myself, applying for a job, whatever it is. So they're becoming self-assured. So students, they're, they're not as likely to rely on other people's opinions, right? They're not worried about what everybody else thinks. They're more willing to voice their own perspectives and trust their own perspectives. That confidence then is going to spill over into other aspects of their life, not just academically. It will academically, and they're, you know, more willing to take risks and uh, explore new challenges and learn and grow and, and be successful academically, but also in all their other areas of life. So again, I'm focusing on the academics, but we can see that ripple effect as we start building out, right? It's just so easy to focus on the academic skills because it's so concrete and in this moment, and we can help them break it down. One of the most significant advantages when we're looking at these critical thinking skills um, is its influence on its foster fostering love for learning, right? And I, I talk about this again and again, the most successful people in life are those who are curious, who want to learn more, right? So they're curious, they're open-minded, right? They're actively seeking out knowledge beyond the classroom. They're developing that growth mindset that we talk about all the time. They're viewing all of the challenges as opportunities for growth, not an insurmountable barrier that I need to freak out about. All of this is essential for all of our kids, right? for resilience. That's all essential for resilience. And we want to raise resilient, successful kiddos and critical thinking is a huge piece of this. Okay. So, you know, I think we all get how important critical thinking skills are, right? For school, for learning, for their social success, for their life success, and of course their emotional well-being. That's so important. Now, how can we foster some of these critical thinking skills? Well, a great way is through everyday conversations, right? Having a lot of open-ended discussions, providing a lot of um, thought-provoking, open-ended questions maybe to start with, but even things that they bring up instead of answering them right now, right? We're not going to immediately provide them this immediate answer. 
we're going to ask another question back to them that's going to challenge their understanding and it's going to stimulate their analytical skills. And, and we can do this with, with small kiddos. It's not just for our older ones. We can do it with small ones, like asking why do watermelons grow on the ground and other fruits grow in the trees, right? But then we can, you know, it can change as they get older. In everyday situations, we can ask things like, why do you think that happened? What evidence supports your viewpoint? You could do it when you're watching a movie or when they come home talking about a situation that happened. So kiddos can start to think beyond that sort of surface, first surface level explanation of what they just might initially see, right? It's really teaching them to back up their opinions, to think about it in different ways, come to a conclusion, and then have good supporting evidence to back up whatever it is, you know, that they're going to conclude based on a situation, we foster a curious mindset in kiddos by encouraging them to ask questions as well, asking questions about whatever is going on or in the world around them. When they're faced with a problem or with a challenging situation, we're going to prompt them to explore it from those different angle, angles, right? So, so if they encounter a broken toy, maybe, yes, there can be the empathy validation piece, but hmm, what might have caused this? Just the other day, my daughter came home. So we've got three dogs, too many, one dog, too many for sure. Um, and we keep, I, I, I have a barrier. So they're kind of in the main living room kitchen area. It's all hardwood in case there's any accidents, right? There's minimal sort of destruction. My daughter came home and um, one of the dogs was in the front room that looks you know, there's a window that looks out onto the street. Happy go lucky, just sitting there, loving life, right? While the other two dogs were trapped in, in on the backside, and she's like, "How did you get out?" So she she just the initial immediate thought is she just jumped over the fence, the barrier, which she could have done, but she started like, "I'm going to investigate. I'm going to see what evidence do I have that she could have jumped over." She's a big dog good chance she probably could have jumped over but she started to go and look at the evidence and she noticed when she went into that front room where the dog was she saw all the books from the bookshelf pushed off and she's like that's really weird let's go investigate this further and as she peered through we've got those ikea bookshelves very similar to the ones that are right behind me here so you can see that there's a hole <laughs> that goes through so what this dog did is she got up. This is a Pyrenees. So I don't know how a Pyrenees went through one of those squares, but she did. It's okay. She pushed through all of the books, probably to get away from the puppy who is just exhausting and pushed through the books, climbed through the shelf, happy go lucky, and then jumped. So from one couch through the bookshelf onto the couch on the other side and, you know, happy as anything. So it, that's just an example. I mean, it's a, still a su superficial example, but it's just going beyond that. Oh, she must've just jumped the barrier to like, let's go investigate. Let's go see what happened. And now she had a great story. She had a little video to go with it, right? It was way more exciting than Sunny just jumped over the barrier. 
But anyways, we can start asking questions like what might have caused this, right? How can we fix it? Or with Sunny, you know, we could look at all of the reasons why she would have done that. We can conclude probably the puppy was driving her nuts. She was exhausted because the puppy just doesn't stop, needed a break. So we're encouraging that curiosity. We're encouraging that questioning, right? And so when we're doing that all the time, kids are just going to automatically start to look beyond that surface. They're going to start to dive deeper into the root of the problem. So, you know, there's the five whys technique to analyze problems and to identify underlying causes. So we're encouraging kiddos to ask why, why, why. They're asking it multiple times to get to the core issues. So for if a kid is struggling, for example, with a difficult math problem, that's where we want to start, right? Those, those concrete everyday activities that they're doing. Ask them, no, we got to be careful with why. It's the idea of why. But if you say, why is this hard for you? They're going to shut down. So we got to make sure if we're asking why, our brain automatically goes into defense. Why did you buy this spinach, Right. It's a question I often ask my husband, why this spinach? Why not that spinach? We get defensive. So we got to be careful, but you, you get the idea like, hmm, what about this is challenging, right? And then we're going to ask why or what about it again and again and again, right? And we're going to continue that process until we reach the root cause of the difficulty. That really helps kiddos understand the interconnectedness of issues and potential solutions. And sometimes it might not be that it was hard at all. It was just, I would rather go and do my work on my iPad, right? So we can start to look at those types of things. I've had kiddos who just would freak out every time they had to brush their teeth and parents just thought that they, you know, had poor hygiene habits and all of these different things. But when we start to explore why, so many times it's usually a sensory issue. I can't tell you how many kiddos hated brushing their teeth because of the taste of the toothpaste and how overpowering and spicy it was, right? So we want to make sure we're exploring these things. I'm always introducing divergent thinking. So that's that involves generating multiple solutions to a problem. So engaging kiddos in brainstorming sessions where they can come up with as many ideas as possible, regardless of how unconventional you know their ideas might seem. So for example, if you've got a kiddo who's tasked to create a new game, maybe you're going to encourage them to list different game concepts, even if they seem so wild and imaginative, right? I'm sure someone like Jumanji, whoever created Jumanji, like the movie, wouldn't that be great to, to have something like that in real life? I think it would be amazing. Maybe other people would find it terrifying, but we just want to open up that box of imagination. Divergent thinking really helps expand their creativity, opens up possibilities for innovative solutions, which also helps support flexibility, which is a huge skill when we look at emotion regulation and anxiety. Rigidity, rigidity, rigidity keeps us stuck. You could even take things like, you know, a common post-it note or a common pencil, right? Let's come up with as many different ways as we can to use this pencil. So maybe you could use it as a veggie spear, right? Maybe you could use it as a, a needle of some sort. Maybe you can use it as a hole puncher, like just come up with all of the different ideas that you can, right? We just want to start going through that process. 
Uh, mind mapping is an excellent visual tool that really helps kiddos organize their different thoughts and their ideas. Whenever they're faced with a problem, I have kiddos create a sort of mind wrap, mind map, so they can start with the central problem. So my best friend's not talking to me today or this week or at all, right? I'm worried my friendship is over. So we're starting with that central problem in the middle, and then we're branching out with all of the potential solutions. We could be looking at causes and consequences, right? So we're just trying to help them see the bigger picture. That's what we're doing. That's what that technique's all about. We're identifying different patterns and relationships. And when we can see that big picture, we're pulling out because anxiety wants us right up, stuck in here that we can only see the anxiety the problem. But when we can pull back, zoom out and see all of the different pieces in there, it's going to be helpful for their problem solving, which is also very important when it comes to anxiety and emotion regulation, right? And all of those types of things. So when kiddos are able to come up with creative solutions to these problems, we want to make sure we're celebrating that, right? We want to celebrate their ingenuity, the effort that they're putting into it, right? And how they can solve their own problems and not always be coming to us to solve them for them. That positive reinforcement where we're celebrating, you know, even if their their ideas backfire and 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 maybe aren't unreal or way too unrealistic, they're gonna learn from that. We want to still reinforce that effort, right? That they're trying that because that reinforcement, it's going to boost their confidence. It's going to be like, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. And it's going to motivate them to continue exploring different innovative approaches. We're going to praise that, you know, creative problem solving, even if the solution doesn't succeed. It's not about the outcome. It's all about the process, right? The process itself is the valuable piece for their growth. And so again, we're going to start with a task like how many ways can you figure out what to do with this, this pencil? We're going to encourage that. We're going to celebrate that and we're going to grow it out. And now let's do the same thing with this problem, right? Maybe what to do for dinner. I don't know. It could just whatever, whatever it is, then we can get more personal. Now, I did touch on the growth mindset piece already. When kiddos understand that their abilities can be developed through that dedication, through their effort, through that hard work, they're more likely to embrace challenges in the future. They're more likely to see those failures as opportunities to learn. That growth mindset really is important because it fosters that resilience and perseverance, right? I see so many, and I've talked about it before, I'll give a kiddo a riddle, and I know how resilient and, and um how much they persist to task and what the growth mindset is within the first few seconds of the task, right? Are they going to persevere or are they going to give up right away? Or are they going to ask for help and hints, right? But when they're, we're building that resilience and that perseverance and they know I'm going to get there eventually, I don't know right now. I don't have no idea how it's going to turn out. I have no idea how I'm going to get started, but I know I'm going to get there. They're going to be way more willing to explore all the different alternative solutions. They're going to seek feedback. They're going to take risks, especially when they believe, you know, I can grow. I can learn. That's why video games, video games tap into that. You know, no kid can defeat Bowser the minute they pick up a Super Mario game ever. They go through different challenges and they know with practice, they're going to make it to the next level. That's what we want to tap into, right? We want to show them in real life. That's how it can work as well. 
We also want to make sure that we're ensuring kiddos are um, engaged in the real world problem solving too, right? So we can start with something easy. Maybe it is a task that they have assigned at school or just something creative that might be fun and engaging, but we're going to be presenting them with authentic challenges. We probably don't even have to come up with any. They probably have their own challenges that come up every day anyway. We're going to encourage them to apply that knowledge that they've learned and those skills that they've learned to find innovative solutions. So we could do debates, right? It could be a project that they're working on. It could be through community service or just things that come up in your life and their life so that they can see the direct impact of that critical thinking. And then it empowers them to be change makers in their own lives, in their home, at school, in their community, whatever it is, because they know, ah, I have the skills. I've done this before, not maybe for this specific situation, but I'm going to turn on my critical thinking brain, right? Part of that is understanding different perspectives. That's a really critical piece of um, critical thinking as well. We're encouraging kiddos and teens to consider all of those diverse viewpoints. That helps them be more open-minded and empathetic and compassionate, all of those kinds of things. So there's things that we can be doing, even just exposing them to, to, to different perspectives, to different cultures, to different experiences, right? It could be through the media. It could be through literature. It could be through discussions or real life community events and things that we do. By doing that, it just enables them to really broaden their understanding of the world. And it helps them, again, make more informed decisions and broadens their thinking about everything around them. One of the key variables I constantly talk about on this show and out there in the world too, even for managing anxiety, um, is, is that curiosity, like I mentioned before, right? It's truly, 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 I cannot emphasize how important curiosity is, right? It's the driving force behind critical thinking and is the driving force to managing our emotions because we're getting curious with what's going on right now, right? When we're feeling those big feels, it's a signal that something else is going on. So we're asking those open-ended questions. We're encouraging them to ask questions. We're exploring new topics. We're seeking answers through our own research and investigations. All of that is important. Curious minds are always eager to seek knowledge. I've already talked about that. That fuels their critical thinking. It keeps them engaged. All of that's really important. When we make things engaging too, we're boosting their motivation, right? And so another great way to help kiddos build their critical thinking is through different things like puzzles and brain teasers and logic games as well. It doesn't all have to be real world problems, right? We want to stimulate their minds. We want to give them lots of opportunities for strategic thinking and problem solving and all of those kinds of things. And really any, any form of puzzle can be helpful. I love giving riddles for sure, but man, you could do jigsaw puzzles. You could do crossword puzzles, Sudoku, you know, all of those kinds of things. Working on puzzles really challenges kiddos to think critically and logically as they're trying to fit those puzzle pieces together you know, or, or maybe deciphering patterns in a crossword, right? They're starting to develop skills like spatial reasoning skills, visual perceptions, perceptual skills, attention to detail. I mean, all of that's important for school anyways, especially like the visual perception and attention to detail. I mean, math, science, that precision and accuracy are so crucial. Brain teasers, those are always fun to get kiddos really thinking, you know, those riddles, lateral thinking puzzles at my office every day, we've got a new riddle of the day to really start thinking about that. 
math challenges where they have to, you know, approach problems from, from different angles outside of the box, right? That can be really helpful. I do love brain teasers because that encourages that creative problem solving and it teaches kids to really question their assumptions. It really teaches them to look for hidden meanings and double meanings and things, right? And they have to consider different perspectives. Having that cognitive flexibility is vital for all parts of life. Again, academically, socially, just real life situations. Um, you could do logic games, right? So logic games like chess and checkers, any any strategy board games, that can really sharpen those critical thinking skills and those decision-making skills as well. So any games that involve planning and predicting, right? Predicting what the other person is going to do. And then I have to adapt my strategies based on changing circumstances, right? Oh, I had that move in my mind, but now you've took my queen, man, now I got to think flexibly and I need to adjust. Or I was going to use my queen, but now that you've done that, like now my king's in jeopardy, right? So all of that can be really helpful. And we want to bring conscious awareness to this as well, right? Kiddos can learn to anticipate consequences, right? They're thinking strategically. They have to think a few moves ahead, and that's what we want in life is to think about what is my action going to do? What is the cause? How can I be a couple of steps ahead of this, right? So they're thinking strategically to achieve their goals. It's amazing how kids can think critically when they know that they shouldn't, you know, have a cookie before dinner and everything that they do to sneakily get that cookie, right? They're probably thinking 10 steps. I'm going to wait till this and I'm going to hear dad go down there. And when he does that, I'm going to do this to make the dog bark and then, you know, whatever it is. So that ability to think ahead and to make informed choices, that's so highly beneficial, right? Again, in all parts of life. So when we're looking at this, if you are going to work on, you know, other tasks and puzzles, whatever it is that you do, just make sure it's fun. Don't force anything because it's just going to shut it down. They're not going to want to do anything, right? We're going to encourage them to explore different types of challenges. Let them take the lead. Maybe you have a bunch of different things and see what they like and don't like. I always, well, now they're getting older. They're like, mom, please don't do this. But they did love it when they were younger. I would do locked room kind of puzzles, for example, right? And I would get, I would have... Morse code, and I would have, um, I would ha use the periodic table, right? I'd have them spell something out using the periodical table. Um, so there's lots of different things that you could do, but it's got to be fun and engaging. As they encounter difficulties, we want to be supportive. We don't want to give tips. We don't want to give solutions or hints because it takes away from the process that they need to go through. That process of overcoming obstacle and finding solutions independently on their own, that is building their resilience and, and boost their self-confidence. And they don't have any yeah, buts. It was, yes, I did this all on my own. Not, yeah, but you helped me, right? It's so many kids are easy just to push it away. We don't want to give them that opportunity. So they need to learn to do this on their own. You can also make critical thinking activities a family affair. Maybe you're solving puzzles or playing board games together, right? Or teamwork. We do a lot of cooperative games in my house. So we're engaging in, you know, teamwork, 
we, where we have to communicate and do cooperative problem solving, all of that can be really helpful. And some of the games that we play, there's no talking. You got to be cooperative and just pick up on each other's clues and, and, and think critically, okay, why did she put that piece there? Right. She can't tell me why did she put that there? I need to think differently. It really creates positive and supportive environments too, where we're encouraging kiddos to take risks and explore their abilities and to think outside the box freely. So that can be really important. But again, we want to bring that conscious awareness. So if we are going to be completing puzzles or they're solving whatever is in front of them, we want to take that time to reflect with our kiddos and ask open-ended questions about their thought processes, about what strategies they used, about what questions they had, about any challenges that they faced. We're going to encourage them to articulate the, the reasoning that they have and, and maybe discuss alternative approaches. That reflective practice really reinforces learning, of course, and it helps kiddos to refine their critical thinking skills and think about their thinking, that metacognition, which is so important, especially when we look at emotion regulation. So we, of course, want to be age appropriate, like I'll keep all of those things in mind. It's it's fun. It's age appropriate, developmentally appropriate, right? Maybe games that gradually increase in complexity as kiddos skills develop. Again, just like video games, you start super easy. We get that initial hook and then they start getting challenging. But incrementally, you're not getting through the first phase and then going to defeat Bowser. There's a lot of steps that you need to do. We want to make sure whatever we're doing, we're tailoring it to suit their interests and learning styles. We want to keep them motivated. We want to keep them engaged in that process while we're continuously challenging those cognitive abilities. Okay, so that's really important. And like we can be part of it too. And we want to make sure we are creating that safety and not saying, come on, we're not showing frustration or, oh, I can't believe you did that move. Couldn't you see that I laid it all out for you? Like, no, no judgment. It's okay if they didn't pick up your clues, if you're playing a board game or anything like that. Kiddos need to explore and make mistakes. That's part of the process, right? It's all about trying different approaches. Okay, that one didn't work. Again, with video games, don't go through that door. That's going to take you to those ducks that kill you or whatever it is, right? So even if it doesn't always work, we're going to try different approaches. That mindset, that's what we want to encourage that resilience, right? I'm going to take this risk. I don't know what's behind that door, but I'm going to go find out. Okay, it didn't work out, but now I know not to go through that door again. I'm going to find unique solutions to this situation, right? Because there's always usually different things. I would also want to make sure that they've got access to a variety of resources, whatever it is, if it, it is a website, if it's, you know, if they want to do this puzzle or, or you're trying to get them to work cooperatively with their sibling, that they have everything that they have just to support the problem solving endeavors, right? Any resources that can inspire new ideas that can give them an understanding of the problem and potential solutions, all of those kinds of things. It's a lot. I always give a lot. I think I just got to focus on one tip for the day because I know I give so many, but this is a really broad overview. It's just really important to remember that that critical thinking, it's not a single skill, right? It's not just a one thing. You could hear me talk about everything that's involved, but it's a mindset, that we want to make sure we're nurturing that mindset, right? That I have the capacity. I, you know, we're using that flexibility. We're using that curiosity. We're using all of these skills that's that are going to be developed over time. So we're encouraging, again, those open, the open-ended questions to have those open discussions, right? 
promoting that. I don't know now how it's going to work out. I'm not sure, you know, how I'm going to get started. I'm not sure, you know, of all of these different things, but I'm going to try. I know I've got the skills, that growth mindset, engaging in real world, world problem solving, perspective taking, nurturing, curiosity, all of those things are going to be really important. So I'm going to leave it there for today. Okay. I know that it's a lot. The one key takeaway really is every opportunity is a chance to stimulate critical thinking in our kiddos. So we want to embrace those moments. If you don't have time, you're like, oh my gosh, it's just another thing to go find all these puzzles and brain teasers and blah, 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 blah. Every moment, there's always something that we can, like just in that moment, they happen spontaneously all the time throughout their day, right? So we want to embrace those moments. And we're guiding them on their journey. If they're coming to you with a question, well, what do you think about that, right? They got to become critical thinkers themselves. So I'll leave it there. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to continue empowering the young minds um, to help them manage just day-to-day challenges and their day-to-day emotions. Of course, be sure to check out um, my blog on this topic for more information. And then next week, I will be talking about being a critical thinker when it comes specifically to our worries and our big feelings, our big emotions. So make sure you tune into that. Go enjoy the rest of your day. (music) 